Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. With the number two. We help you get your business to the level you want it to be so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. And today is an amazing day to be in the small business food chain. It is. I was telling Drago when I got here, uh, if I need to figure out how to adequately fund this day, because this would be almost the perfect day for me. First of all, we got a video call from our grandson, Oliver. And, oh yeah, his dad was on the call too, but with Oliver. And then we had a client meeting, had a good one-to-one, had our B&I meeting, and now we're here doing the podcast. And I just need to figure out how to fund days like this, because they're just... This is what I'm working for. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So uh, trying to make every day like this, but again, and you we're know, still having fun. We are. Yeah, we just have to fund it. That's the hard part. <laughs> well, and if you know of anyone out there that might want to sponsor our podcast, yes. that would be step number one. And if there's anything in these shows you liked and think we could help somebody you know, we are Zoom qualified. Business coaches. Now we will coach originally when we started, and this is what COVID nineteen is doing to four business, two and four businesses. And we talked about this on a previous couple episodes about pivoting. When we started this, we are bound and determined to meet face to face because we wanted that connection. Now that we're meeting virtually, it's okay. It has changed maybe ten percent. I still get ninety percent of what I need energy from other people, and. It's 90%, so it's still good. It's seamless. Nobody seems to be bothered by it because we all know we have to do it, but it's rather enjoyable. And what I found out or what dawned on me two weeks ago was we can now share screens. So when we talk about something, oh, I was working on, oh, here, let me pull it up real quick and share it with you. Instead of you're at a Starbucks or in an office and you're like, oh, I wish I had that with me. Next week I'll bring it. That We know that doesn't happen. Yep. The biggest factor for me and why I absolutely love virtual meetings. You, yes. No pants. Yes, exactly. Yep. Love it. And she has a uh, networking event, No Pants Networking. No Pants Networking. Yep, yep. So today we're talking about your avatar, not the movie, not the character you liked in the movie, but your ideal client, your customer avatar Who do you want to do business with? You cannot say we can do business with anybody because that means you're doing business with nobody. If you're paying to meet everybody, you're going to run out of money real fast. Amen. Avatar, do you want 55 and over? Do you want women? Do you want people from out of state? Do you want licensed drivers? Do you want people who won't eat at a fast food restaurant? Do you want people want to deal with people who are into biodegradable stuff and the earth and pick a subject? If that's who you want to sell your product or services to, that's how you start identifying what your avatar is. And Mike, why is having an avatar so important? Well, you need to be able to explain to people who you're looking for so they can introduce you to them. Because if we stand up, we're Mike and Trinity, we're small business coaches and we, we want to meet anybody that owns a small business. The people we just said that to, basically what we told them is, you have to stop everybody you walk by 
ask them, do they own a small business? And if they do say, how's it going? Do you need a business coach? And if they said they were interested in a business coach, then you have to say, well, I know two people. No, our job is to tell them we want all the John Smiths of the world. And we explain what John, who were, what John Smith is. And then they're like, oh, well, I know four of those. If you want just motorcycle riders, why would you say I'll, I'll insure any vehicle? All I, all I can think right now is Pocahontas. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a John Smith, Pocahontas, squirrel. Yeah, they, yeah really. <laughs> but so you have to be very specific in what you're asking for. That's where you devote your time and your money. I want to meet anybody in the medical prof- anybody in the medical profession. No, I want to meet dentists. You cannot successfully market to everybody. No, you need to know who your target demographic is, your ideal client, your client profile, because that is going to be the basis for your entire marketing plan. And if your marketing plan is to market to everybody. That is like that is like shooting a shotgun into the sky and hoping that you just hit something. Yeah, you're, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. The you only ha- thing it's going to do is backfire, come on, come down, and rain on you. Oh, and you're going to go broke fast. You you have to identify who you want to do business with. Trust us on this one. <laughs> Trust us. You can't. And we love it. I love helping our clients yeah. identify their avatar because. A lot of times it winds up being something a little different than mm-hmm. they initially thought once they put some action behind it and start putting a plan together and really diving in. And today we're going to talk about the steps that you can take to identify who your avatar is because you might be going, well, one, I have no idea. Yep. And second, I'm not sure how I'd figure it out. So we're going to help you with both of those today. If one of your if your avatar is stay at home moms with two plus kids, nice neighborhood, they're active in the school, the church, and little league, man, you just narrowed it down. You just find the five neighborhoods doing well, and that's kind of who your avatar is. Instead of oh, I want to meet all moms, eh. You know, if one of the if this one mom works out of the house all day long, and you're selling something for in the house all day long, is that going to match? Nope. People, people, you got to do this exercise so you can you can funnel your time and your money and your energy to that client. Because think about what you buy. Who are they looking for? Why did they pick you? You probably fit some sort of demographic or psychographic, which we're going to get into. Yes. So, which would you like to start Let's with Let's start first? with the demographics. And these are kind of easy. Uh, age, income, title at work, location, all different things like that. They're very generic markers. Male, 59. Female, 25. And that... that Gives you an idea of what pond, hang on a sec. Uh, Let's talk to Great Lakes, right? So you're narrowing down from mainland to the Great Lakes. Now there's seven. Okay, there's 25-year-old females in this. There's 55 and over males in that. There's golfers in this. There are uh, people who do quilting in that, whatever it is. But you have to understand 
who you're going after. And the first thing to start is kind of who they are. And Trinity is 30-plus female, newly married, uh, doing pretty good, active, aggressive reader. Okay, that's kind of the demographics of who she is. Mm-hmm. We'll get into the psychographics in a minute, but that's the demographics. That's the first thing you start with is would these people use my product? You're not going to sell. I'm 59. I'll be 50. Well, when this comes out, I'm 59 with a bad back. Don't sell me your trampoline. <laughs> not going to work. All right. Not going to work. My kids are gone. I'm not your target market. I bet you if Oliver asked nicely enough, <laughs> yes, you would, would definitely get him one of those little trampolines. Oh, yeah, he would. So. <laughs> But we're not there yet. So you got you kind of got to know your audience. Comedians say this all the time. Can I tell that joke in front of this group? Can Richard Pryor tell that joke at the Catholic Diocese Regional Meeting? Probably not. As funny as the joke is, you got to know your audience. So the demographic part of it is easy, kind of physically who they are and where they work and kind of how much they make. It's the psychographics is where people get into it. And there are five things we're going we're gonna to kind of break down here for you. So, Trinity, the first thing is personalities. Are you, again, are like you, are you a reader, right? Drago, well, we'll get to Dra- a couple of Dragos on number three with interest, but health-wise. But you and Scott, personalities, we're go-getters, we're outdoors, we're, we stay inside all weekend, we read, we what is it? That's your personality. Yeah. And the, the psychographic um, traits that you want to be looking for a lot of times start with you. So one of the exercises mm-hmm. that we take our clients for through is figuring out their core values and people might roll their eyes at me and they're like, core values. That's so hokey. That's just something that you stick up on a wall and you never yeah. look at again. And No, the reason that you identify core values is so you know the type of person that you want to work with. If I value integrity and I value people that like systems and processes, well, I'm not going to work well with a client that doesn't want to listen to my advice. (laughs) Which you've had, yeah. Yeah, which I've had. And I realized very quickly that those are not my ideal client. And I put those on my list of people and sometimes having your list of people that you don't want to work with is just as important as having the list of people that you Mm -hmm. do want to work with because um, sometimes it's easier to give a face to the people that you don't want to work with so you can start there who are the people that are not a fit for you for me if somebody thinks that they know everything that there is to know about real estate they are not a good client for me how often have you heard i used to be in real estate all the yeah, time. And it's like, you know what, dude, here, here's another. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Our money morning quarterbacks. Yeah. We're, and we're all guilty of it, but they're some of the worst clients to have. Yes. Yes. Cause they know, well, if you knew my profession better than me, how come you're not in I it? I mean, when I was 15, I worked at McDonald's. Yeah. You would not trust me to get back there and make a hamburger these days. <laughs> like it's just not gonna. <laughs> Someone's winding up yeah. with a with a fish sandwich instead. Yep. But if you knew everything about my profession, why why aren't you in it? Exactly. Yeah, if like, you nah. can do it better than me, yeah. go for it. Yeah. Go yeah. get your license. You know, <laughs> hang out your shingle. So, and let's back up a quick second on this. You actually should name your avatar. You should put a face on it. This Henry. is sure okay. 
this is who I'm looking for, and you can put whatever kind of face on it. But as you're building that profile, you it humanize it as much as you can. So as we go through the psychographics here, you know that's the type of person you're looking for. For example, the second uh, type here is, second thing you're looking for on psychographics is lifestyles. If you own a mountain resort, a beach destination, and you wanted to market to all these people that want weekend parties, you your commercial would likely say, are you tired of the rat race? Do you want to get out of it for 48 hours? That's, again, that's their mindset. Hey, we just want to go party. Well, that's who you're, fi- that's who you're looking mm-hmm. for. The people, I-, I hate wearing my suit Monday through Friday. Oh, I just feel cramped up. I just want to, first thing I do when I get home is I rip off my tie and my jacket and I put on my shorts and I go run or I play basketball or yoga, whatever you do. But people that are looking for that type of lifestyle, that's who you would market to. But you have to know that. That's not me. That's more you. But unless you put that out there and tell people, I, you know, I want to, I want to meet adrenaline junkies because you sell five hour, you know, the five hour drinks or whatever that is, but that's who you want to market to. So don't say, oh yeah, anybody that's athletic, eh, you'll get some, but you want to, if you focus directly into that market, that's where you're going to get more of your sales. On the lifestyle part of it. So on the interests, what do you do? Right? I like college football. I like the Masters. Uh, I do my I do like my Hallmark movies. I do like that. Oh, that's because you're uh, a big softy. Yeah. Oh, you know what I found this morning? And I get up early. And I couldn't walk this morning because it was raining. So I sat down, fired up the computer at five minutes to five. And I just sometimes if I don't have to listen to a podcast or listen to any audio, I'll put the TV on because I just have to have noise. And I'm going through the movie channels, and there's Night Shift with Henry Winkler and Michael Keaton. I have no idea what you're talking about. One of my favorite movies. You and Scott put Night Shift from 1982. Night Shift, uh, Diane Keaton, Diane uh, from Cheers, Shelley Long. Anyways, you've heard of Henry Winkler, The Fonz. You are okay now. Me. Now that you said the Fonz, yeah. I know who the Fonz is. Okay. I, if you would have asked me, said, "Hey, I'll give you a million dollars if you can tell me who played the Fonz," yeah, I would have right. not gotten it. Michael Keaton was the original Batman. He was the very first one. I know who Michael and Keaton is. He also played Mr. Mom. Okay, great character. But Night Shift. So I stumbled on that. I don't know how I got on this subject, but. Um, because we were talking about avatars. Yes, avatars. Yes, so <laughs> that's me. Give me an 80s movie or 80s music. So interest, if you were... Oh, because you like Hallmark movies. I do. That's, I, yeah, I like that. That's, and then that's I got how we got down that yeah. rabbit hole. And, but Becky loves these cold case files, the dead body files. The Oh, murder porn. She loves the, the, the ID channel. She's all over that. Because a lot of times if there's nothing on... It's not like I hog the remote, but I was handed the remote. So you watch, because I got things that I can always find something to do. You watch whatever you want. And it usually goes to that, the ID channel. And, but, but again, so that's who they're looking for. People who like stuff like that. Uh, again, going back to the interest, if you wanted to get poker players, and you know the vast majority of poker players love football, why would you not focus on football games? Why would you not call your event 
the see if you, you can't really use a name, the Super Bowl of poker, but you want to connect those. So if the if all if the interest people have like Drago, very interested in health, all right. Why would you not look for people like him that we want healthy food, we want health nutrition and exercise and and everything like that. But you've got to know that. So and this goes back to our I think have we talked about it yet? Um, how we go find out that information, we will get to that. Okay. So the fourth thing is, what are their opinions? What are their attitudes? What are their beliefs? And that matters to a point. If you're in the South and you know most of your customers are conservative acting, not voting, I'm not going there, that's another podcast, but conservative acting, if you had a store, a clothing store, you probably wouldn't put a lot of bikinis on the mannequin. You might put a modest dress on there. But you got to know that. Okay? So those are all these psychographic things. You have to know things. your clientele. You do. And then the last thing we go back to is the values. If, uh, the, you, if the folks you're looking for, if they value the environment and you're a restaurant, hey, we deliver food in biodegradable containers. That's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So those are the psychographic things when we talk about that. It's kind of how they're wired. The, the demographics is kind of what... Your demographics yeah. is who they are. Right. And your psychographics are what yeah. they want and how they live their lives. Yeah. So, and that's what's going to get you to the why, right? Because the purchasing power comes from, well, why would they want this? Well, I could be a 38-year-old female, and because I like to work out and exercise, yeah, I'm going to be drawn to the workout exercise mm-hmm. advertisements. Peloton has got my number. I told Scott the other day, <laughs> if if we weren't, if I wasn't on a spending freeze right now, I'd oh, have yeah. a damn Peloton delivered to my house tomorrow. I need, if I sell three houses in July, I'm going to buy myself a Peloton. Yes. So again, Peloton, if you would yeah. like to sponsor us, we are right here. I, I, will, yeah. I will pedal through an entire episode. Oh, you're going to lug that bike up here? Nice. Oh, excuse me. Scott's going to lug the bike up here. Good luck with that, Scott. He would do that for me too. Yeah, you think he would. Not mm-hmm. now. Before the wedding, you would have, not now. So <laughs> I got your back, Scott. I go to McDonald's. A, I know what I'm going to get, but B, it's cheaper. That's why I go to McDonald's. And it, plus, I like the food. I've always been a McDonald's guy. This Chick fil A drink I had cost me $2.26 for a large sweet tea, light ice. I can go to Sheets, get it for $1.06. I can go to McDonald's, get it for $1.14. And I can go to Bojangles, get it for $1.30. And I go to Chick-fil-A because it's the closest, but thankfully they're opening a Bojangles near my house. But that's why I go to McDonald's. It's cheaper. They got a dollar menu. I'm good with that. And most businesses do not want to be battling based on price. Chick-fil-A does not. They've come out and said that. Chick-fil-A does not. They battle based on value. And they they have the second highest revenue of fast food restaurants in the world behind McDonald's. And by the way, folks, remember they're only open six days a week. Yeah. So they're ahead of Hardy, uh, excuse me, Wendy's and Burger King and Taco Bell and everybody else. No one even knows what a Hardy's is anymore. I know. <laughs> good burgers, though. Good burgers. So. Like for us, our demographics um, are male and female, um, college educated. Um, typically, our clients tend to be people who... Um, 
well, I wouldn't say their occupation is business owner yeah. or sales professional. So yes. that's, that's our demographic of what we're looking for in a client. Our psychographic is a little bit more complicated, but what we look for are lifelong learners, yeah. people that are open and willing to change. Yeah. And that risk takers because they started takers. their own business. Yeah. And that's what we look for and some of the values that we have, you know, Mike and I share a lot of our core values that we look for in our clients. Mm -hmm. We like working with people that have a vision. And their vision doesn't have to be $5 million. It could be 150 a year for 10 years and I can retire off of that. Mm -hmm. Or Plus, and we had this conversation today with one of our clients, we're working on their 10-year plan, folks, and we just started with them. Mm -hmm. And then you work backwards, but they said at the end of 10 years, if it they believe they can build it up to the level they wanted to, and it's like, then we'll just sell it. They'll yeah. take care of all, that'll meet all the needs we have for that. But they have a vision, and they're willing to put a little bit of time and, and effort into learning Sometimes learning costs a little bit of money. Sometimes mm -hmm. it doesn't. But those are the things we're looking for is people, when they sit down, they go, yeah, I, I can do that. Or I'm willing to try that. Or I need some help <laughs> to get there. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that goes back to one of our core values is activation. Yeah. And all of our clients know that there's something that they want to take action on. Yes. Whether it's digging to the root of why they want to do something or it's a project they want to get done or a promotion that they want or whatever it is, there's something and they're willing to be the one that starts doing something about it. And that means a lot to us because there's a lot of people that do a lot of lip service that will say that they want to do something and they they never achieve anything because they're not willing to put the work into it and actually do it. Right. And those to us are very bad clients because we would really hate working with someone who wasn't coachable. And we actually had, we didn't hate working with her, but we had a client that we, we found out that she just wasn't the right fit for us. Yeah. Yeah. She wanted more of a mastermind group and there were people within her industry that did that. And she felt like that'd be a better fit than coaching one-on-one -on -one with us. And that's fine. Stuff happens all the time. There needs to be a fit. Mm -hmm. And we are, all about exuding and passing positive energy. Oh, yeah. And um, we've had a past client that kind of was a negative Nancy. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Not a good fit for us. If you approach life thinking that everything is, you know, sour gummy worms, then no. Actually, I really like sour gummy worms. Um, but if you approach life with a piss-poor attitude. It's like liver. Liver. I, I, like, want, I like liver, too. Even with ketchup, I want no part of liver. Drago, is liver healthy good, for me? A good pate. Is mm. it? Close the door. I don't want to hear that either. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that is just an example of how we came about to get our avatar yes. for what we're looking yep. for. And that keeps, it doesn't change. It keeps getting tweaked because you have to keep, a lot of times in small businesses, you have to niche. We are focusing a lot on sales and marketing processes, procedures, and implementation, because we're both good at it, we both like it, we know it, and boy, have we found out most people don't have processes, period. But that's another podcast. But that's what we've learned as our advertiser, as our avatar, 
the more people we meet and coach, the more that helps us define that's who we want, right? We want like 10 more of those. Because Yeah. He, if he, I could clone the client we met with this morning, oh, if I could yeah. clone her. Yeah, and you and for a number of reasons, because she has a she has a legitimate good goal in 10 years, and she's a nerd like you to a point. <laughs> the homework we gave her people, I'm telling you, she did that plus 20%. Yeah. She is, yeah, she and, and Trinity get, get along very well when it comes to that. But to understand your avatar, we always ask our clients, who's your favorite client and why? And that's a great place to start for your avatar is who do I like dealing with? Oh, I know they have to have this amount of money or be in this industry or like-minded like me, this and this, but why do you want to work with those people? There's something there that connects with you to do that. A couple of different ways that you can figure that out is one, by asking your clients what they like and figuring out what the common denominator is. Yep. It's amazing how much we find out when we ask questions. You can do that first via survey. You can send them something, you know, via survey monkey. You can ask them in person. Um, brainstorming within your internal team and asking them what they think about your clients. Right. And that's great feedback because on and off part-time rotating, whatever word you use, you have how many people that work on a regular basis with you? So I primarily, I have two primary client service right. managers, but I have access to like 26 okay. or something. And probably within the 26, there's four or five you really like working yeah. with or mm -hmm. your CSMs really like working with them. Right. Okay. So let's talk about that group for a second. They will tell you if you were to list in the clients in 2019, the top five people they liked working with of the buyers or the sellers, doesn't mm -hmm. matter there would be a lot of commonality on that probably because they all easy to work with. They knew what they wanted. They did what we told them to do. If we told them you needed to put 4,000 down in uh, due, due diligence, diligence, they did it. They did it. And they probably got the damn house, right. which you ran into last week, right? You think you didn't get one because of you gave yeah. information wasn't taken, but now <laughs> she knows. Yeah, she yeah. knows. And funny enough, um, I can't remember this podcast or the last one we recorded, but the reason that she didn't follow through on my advice is because she listened to a friend. Yes. Oh, does that person have a stinking real estate license? No. Friends, and we talked about this before in another episode, don't let nothing against Uncle Billy, but if Uncle Billy's an electrician, he's probably not the best person to do your books or your IT stuff. He may know just enough to get it up and running, but on the IT side, does he know the software to protect you? And at two in the morning when somebody's hacking your computer from whatever country, can he get up and deal with it? No, he cannot. Yeah. So don't, don't, don't do that. Um, another thing that our clients find really helpful is doing um, market research mm -hmm. surveys. So going out and asking the market what they think about your product, yeah. what they think about your service. Do they have a need for it? Is there, is it something that solves a problem that they have? And we love helping people put together those market surveys because that can be incredibly insightful into who your avatar is. And let's say you wanted to meet dentists because you provided a service that dentist, you think dentists would need. 
And if you go knocking on a door, walk in the front door of a dental office and you don't know them, you're not their patient, you're probably not going to get past the gatekeeper to meet the dentist. So what you do, and we worked on this in the past with a client recently, find it, identify, we ask them to identify five or 10. And you identify the five or 10, and then you go find friends or somebody that knows them. So you get an introduction and say, hey, my friend Trinity just is, is, has this service starting her company. Here's her background. Just wants 15 minutes with you just so you can give her a little insight into this and answer a couple questions. Way more likely to get that. Again, tell them it's only 15 minutes. Don't say I need you for an hour. But if you have an introduction to that person you want to meet, you're more likely to get it, and that person is more likely to help you because a good friend said, hey, can you help my friend Trinity? 15 minutes, she promises. She'll start the timer. When it hits 15, she'll stop in mid-sentence and walk out. Yep. 15 minutes, I promise you. That's more likely going to get you there. So don't feel like you don't have a way in to do market research with people you don't know. And generally, a lot most people are willing to help. They're willing to pay it forward is what oh, I found. Yeah. yeah. Most Approach people the right way. are very um, compassionate and helpful. Yeah. And that's... And they're, awesome. and they're more likely or to, maybe just because we're so compassionate and helpful <laughs> we just tend to surround ourselves with others just like us and if your friend if you if a friend a real good friend of yours asks you to help this person right out of college starting a business or doing something like that you're more likely to help them and more likely to give more honest answers and if that if that person came through the front door and said hey I, i'm doing this market research on this this and this you may be a little bit leery and you would put up some fronts uh, let's go back to the customer surveys. Yes. Why would you not ask your customers, right? Who knows yeah. your business better? Your customers. And they'll want, usually they want to answer those, right? Good or bad. Uh, Do you get I 30? Hate, I uh, hate filling out customer surveys. I know. And you probably hate asking to, even though you don't need to. Yeah. Um, well, I prep my clients that, that, that it's coming. Yes. Which you should. Yeah. 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 Um, it's the you know, do you mind staying on this call an extra five minutes and nope. answering the sermon? No. Not doing that. No. And most of the time it's because I just had a really crappy experience and <laughs> now if you I'm send me trying something, to cancel my service with you. Yeah. If if I had a crappy experience and you email me something, oh, I'm all over that. If it just takes a couple of minutes, I'm yeah. gonna do that. Usually people will do customer surveys if they're a hundred percent happy or zero percent happy. Right. But if you get 80% happy, you're like, yeah, I had a good time. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't care. Would you recommend? Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have to incentivize people to yes. do a survey. I've been offered gift cards mm -hmm. or discount coupon or something like that to get, to get feedback. $20 totally Amazon okay card. Yep. Send me all goes, you want. Goes a really long way. Yep. Um, some people are just going to do it out of the, you know, bottom of their heart. They're just a really nice person yes. and they're willing to do it. And then there's people like my mom that love filling out surveys. Yeah, so my mom did too, I think. Yeah. I she don't was, know. Maybe it's something about getting being retired. Well, those are the same like, people oh, that I've worked got... at the polls too, yeah. and I think I'm headed that way. <laughs> yeah, but the customer service customer surveys are a wonderful way to go because they know your they see things. You want them telling you things through their eyes that they saw. Because their perception is your reality. If they felt like you were on time, you were on time. Mm -hmm. right? And if they didn't feel like you were on time, then it may be appropriate to ask questions. So 
to quote the great Trinity French, why don't you unpack that for me? Tell me what that means. And sometimes you have to do that. It's like, I need a little bit. I tell Becky now, I need a little bit more information. Need some more info <laughs> Before I get here. answer that question. <laughs> but going back to, oh, man, what was my point? I had such a good one. Yeah, I forgot on that. So it'll probably come to me as soon as we sign off. That's all right. Well, yeah. I think that it's really important that people understand why they really need this. Because this avatar, your ideal client, is going to be the filter that you're putting your marketing materials and your marketing dollars through. Yes. And if you find yourself marketing or spending money on something that doesn't fit your client profile, then just send the money to me mm -hmm. in a nice envelope and I'll burn it for you because yes. that's all you're doing is just burning through cash. Yes. It is okay to niche your product or service. Chances are, if you're a small local business, there's plenty out there for you and there's probably enough out there for you. And if you outwork people, there's even, there's going to be even more for you. There's a friend of mine in BNI who's a financial advisor and he works with families who have children with special needs because there's money involved in that. And he loves helping with that. So that's what he stands up. He said, I can help anybody. I can help people with the market. If somebody has a question, I, I can do all that. But I really love working with people uh, that have special needs. That's a niche. There's plenty out there, folks. There's plenty out there because the other stuff's going to come. Because mm -hmm. they like him. If the parents like the, what he's doing to handle their children's money, uh, then they're probably going to talk to him about doing that. So it, it's out. The business is out there. Don't let anybody fool you. There may be, how many licensed realtors are there, Trinity, in the in Wake County? A zillion. 17, 12,000? Probably. I think Two. there's 6,000 practicing. And, okay. Yeah. So 6,000 of something in an, in the industry practicing. I use practicing loosely. You should. That Be are licensed and and say that they're real estate agents. Yeah. Not everybody in your industry is working as hard as you. They may not take it full time, but they can say, oh, yeah, I'm this. And that's, you know, they may want to work with one person a month, maybe. That's all they may need. Yeah, I so, love it. I love when someone's like, I've been in the industry for 25 years. And I'm like, yeah, and you've sold five houses. Yeah. Good job. You did that in April yeah, yeah. during COVID-19. <laughs> so, yeah, big whoop. But that's the thing, though. It's okay to niche because that's going to bring... You're going to get the people who really, really want your service. Mm -hmm. There's a guy who joined the Wake Forest chapter, CBD oil. There's a niche right there. People love it. Yeah, are there millions of people that are buying it right now? Probably not. There will be eventually because education's coming out on that. But the diehards, and you want the diehards. You want the people that come to you over and over again, and they start convincing friends and family. That's who you want. Because going back to our last podcast, that's how referrals are born. Yes, it is. Oh, look at how this all comes full <laughs> circle. Um, other reasons why you would need a ideal client profile is because sometimes you're going to develop products around these people. Mm -hmm. um, when we started looking into our ideal client, we realized, man, a lot of these people love our free webinars. Mm -hmm. And and that was something that came about because of knowing who our ideal client is. Um, for your online marketing and your paper marketing, um, you'll know how to create that content 
and to target it to something that solves their needs and appeals to who they are. And that's very, very important because I can't tell you how much crap I get in the mail or in my email inbox. And I'm just like, delete, delete, throw out, throw yeah, out, yeah. throw out, because it just doesn't pertain to me. It's something that, what did we get the other day? We got a magazine for something the other day. And I'm like, how the hell did I get on this magazine's mailing list? Oh, Becky, it's like same thing pop up in Facebook or, or somewhere, Instagram, she's somewhere and then she gets on a mailing list. Like, I, I yeah. never signed up for this I'm stuff. like, I never signed up for it. Never mentioned. I can't remember what it was. It was something really oh, obscure. And I was like, yeah, okay. why? For us, it's AARP, but that's all. Oh, uh, well, that's just because you're... Happy birthday, Mike. Yep, yep, yep. I'm happy old. So. Um, if you're running ads, a lot of people run paid ads on Facebook. Um, and if you're running paid ads, you really need to know who your demographic is that you're going oh, yeah. after. If you don't, then you're just wasting time and money. And if you're trying to target out to everybody, that's not a target. Friend of ours in our BNI chapter, Tom Doan with City Publications, gets you in front of only the type of houses you want to get in front of painters and people like that, the high end homes, that's all he focuses on. He doesn't focus on every neighborhood. He just goes to the higher end neighborhoods because that's where he's going to get the clients. Cause you got to pay a little bit to be in there, mm-hmm. but that's his niche. I only go to these homes. Right. Do you want these homes? Yes, yep. you do. And he's going to the people that have expendable income that want to put an addition on the back yep. of their house or want to rebuild their yep. deck or, love to repaint every couple of years because the fashion has changed. You are not going to the low income housing where you haven't repainted since 1970. Nope. Not gonna, uh, do you may feel like you need four avatars. You might just tackle one at a time. Start with the main one and then you can and and branch out from there. Yep. Mm -hmm. So our homework assignment to you folks is create your own avatar. Draw us a picture. That would be cool. Scan it. Email it to us, info at wiredtochange.com. Maybe we'll have an avatar contest. Ooh, that would be good. Ooh. Yeah. Free hour with us. Yeah. Winner gets the free best, hour with the us. The best yeah. avatar gets a free yeah. hour of coaching. Yeah, and put a, put a name on it. Put a description on it. Give us a little, little demographic, a little psychographic uh, background on them. And We'd if you share your avatar with us, we'll share your avatar on social media. Boom. There you go. How's that? <laughs> we will do that. So. Uh, but Speaking that's our, of social media, yes, Mike, yes. where can people find us? Everywhere. We are on, you and I are on LinkedIn personally and professionally. We're on Facebook personally and professionally. We're on Instagram personally and professionally. And we're on Twitter as wiredtochange.com. So you can find us anywhere on those platforms. We're not very want. good tweeters though. Getting there. I post, I don't, I'm not perfect enough to comment because only perfect people out on Twitter, mm-hmm. but I post. So we're okay. starting to grow that. I think we're up to 12 followers. <laughs> so you can submit your ideal avatar to us during via any of those. Yes. We check them all. Um, and we'd love to see them. And we'll see you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.